ahead of the start of Series 2 of Where's Home Really this coming Thursday, here is the second of two podcasts I thought you might enjoy, some bonus weekend listening. Relatable is a podcast hosted by three friends, Fiona, Sherwin and Chantal, who all live in the Caribbean. The show, created unapologetically for black people, closed the London Podcast Festival at the end of season one and is coming back soon with season three. The episode I'm sharing with you today is the second episode of a mini-series called Your Mama. In it, Sherwin speaks about her relationship with her mother as well as her motherhood experience. Welcome to the Relatable Podcast, a safe space for open and honest conversations created for Black people. This podcast explores how we relate to one another in our intimate connections, friendships, family, and everything in between. Hosted by three Caribbean women. I am Fiona, a single mom. I'm Shaween, a very near empty nester. And I'm Chantal, a free-spirited monogamist. Relatable, because a shared journey brings hope. Welcome to this week's episode of Your Mama. And we are diving into all the intricacies of motherhood. We're going to be talking to Miss Shawin, the near empty nester, but mother of three. Run the track. (laughs) (laughs) All right, then. So, Sherwin, I'm seeing you nodding to a lot of things yeah. that Fiona is saying and your face. If you guys could see Sherwin's face. It's just... She's like, her <laughs> eyes are bright, 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 bright. But she's, she's a way more experienced mother like, than I am. So I mean, let's, let's I'm still learning. Low. No, but I'm listening to you okay, so and I'm learning. Let's I'm let the it. listeners know. How many children do you have, Sherwin? I've got three Three, three whole children. Three whole children. Three whole human beings. <laughs> Big children. <laughs> um, yeah, so 21, 18, and 15. 15. Why do our mothers do that? Sometimes they look yeah. at other people oh, yeah, like, confuse how, how old them. my children are I again? confuse them. <laughs> no, that one, his birthday just passed, so he's 15 now. Right. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a journey. I wanna, we want to know. We want to know a bit more about your journey, Shoei. Oh, my God. Because I feel like as your friend, I know some of Mm. your journey. But even, Fiona, remember when we decided that we were going to do a few episodes about motherhood and mothering, Mm. Shoei was like, boy, (laughs) I don't know if I'm ready for that. Shoei Gasa. Did I say Gasa? Gasa. (laughs) Speaking of of Gasa. Speaking of Gasa. Fiona. Before we go into... This is a thing. We need to... We need to... Okay. So, I... I guess I take it for granted, and it's something that I do have to continuously check myself on. I grew up on a small island. I grew up in the Eastern Caribbean. And and I say this because there is a difference in the Eastern Caribbean in terms of knowing about the other islands. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we learn about them, we travel to them, because proximity, mm-hmm. you know, geographically, yeah. the way that we're located, it's, it's a lot easier mm-hmm. to, to go visit St. Lucia, Martinique, Guadeloupe, St. Bart's, St. Matan, you know, wherever, mm-hmm. in, that, in that area, Anguilla, Antigua. All the rest. Mm-hmm. And because of that, then there is a knowledge about the culture 
of the people on the other islands that I take for granted that everyone from all over the Caribbean would know. Yeah, right. So we've been getting, as we mentioned, you know, a lot of wonderful feedback about the show. Our friends, people sliding into our DMs. Yep. <laughs> all, the, all the good things. But one of my friends sent me a message. And I'm sorry, we've gone completely off tangent. But we're going to come back to it. And said, Shan, oh my God, I love you guys. I love the show. You know, all the wonderful things. She said, but one thing. What does gasa mean? Right. Because <laughs> y'all are saying it a lot. I said, how you mean? Gasa? And she said, I don't know what that means. Mm. So I broke it down to her. I am not St. Lucian. I am Nevision. I grew up primarily in Nevis. I'm also Jamaican. And I, I am blessed. I feel like Big Island, Small Island. Great. Mm. I am blessed. But I do take it for granted that other people understand these things. So I'm like, you really don't know what Gasa means? So I broke it down. I said, you know, it's Creole. Mm -hmm. I said, St. Lucia, originally French colonization, and it's the proximity to Martinique, and so this culture, yep. blah, 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 all the things. And I said, think of the word Gasson. Yep, exactly. Right? Yeah. I've had a and, few and basically, people ask. it's dialect for mm -hmm. garçon, brethren, sister, and homie, all the things. Yeah. Yeah. And she was like, wow, I learned yeah. something new. But I thought that it would be better for the St. Lucians in the house <laughs> to okay. break it down. Okay. So, yeah. Thank you. So, yeah. But you've... You've, you've broken it down. That's <laughs> it. That's, that's it. it. It means mate. It means, yeah, like it means friend. Garçon. Yeah. That's all it means. I've had to explain it to a few people. Okay. They've asked, um, um, you keep calling me Garçon or saying Garçon. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. It's, so. I mean, literally, it just means boy. So, it's like, boy, when I went down, da, 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 I know what I went down, boy, you hear that? So, it's just, <laughs> that's literally what it means. All right. So, yeah. Gasa, friend, brethren, boy, whatever. And it's oh. also an expression like Gasa. Yes, yes, yeah, Gasa. Yes, you what I'm going to do there, Gasa. Yes. Thank you yeah. very much. So, Reese, <laughs> I'm calling you out. Now you know straight from the Lucians in the house what Gasa means. So, rolling over to my Gasa, <laughs> Shawin. And motherhood Ooh. and your journey. First of all, it, I, I would like to say, Shuin, okay. I don't want no shyness today. No, okay. I'm drinking wine, so there's no shyness. Thank you. Thank you okay? very much. For those who may know Shuin intimately and those who don't, Shuin's life is like a book, okay? Shuin is a whole cool. novel. Shuin <laughs> is an amazing orator, great storyteller. When Shuin gets into a story, it is iconic. You're killing me, Phil. Okay. <laughs> I have to live up to that now. Right? <laughs> I'm telling you. So, you know, Shawin's life is very beautiful. And, you know, her journey is extremely epic. So, over to you. Over to you, my <laughs> love. Okay, tell no me pressure. What, tell me what you'll want to know. So, what I want to know, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Beds? Honestly, I, I'm going to ask you a question, which is quite similar to one that Fiona in terms of mothering and how you were mothered mm. and the lessons that you have learned from the way that you were mothered, the good, the bad, and the ugly, mm -hmm. and how you have then translated that into the way that you mother. So why don't we take it back to your motherhood origin story? When did you become aware that your mother was your mother? Like how how did you know? How did you know she the, who oh, this person man. was and what they represented in your life? I, of course, my relationship with my mom is, it's 
It's a beautiful one. Mm. Um, my mom came from a family. She had 10 siblings. Um, she was somewhere in the middle. So she was basically raised by her, um, her mm. older sisters. Because my granny, my granny, we have a nickname for her. It's called Traveler. My granny used to make them and then go traveling. <laughs> gangster. <laughs> go to, go to gangs. Hey, my granny is the biggest gangster around. My granny used to go to Matnik and Barbados and just live her life. She's come to St. Lucia. Her husband was in Canada and um, he came down every year. And every year he come down to making a child. So, <laughs> I'm telling you. Listen, let me just recline proper, in this chair right proper, now and get comfortable. Proper. So my mom was somewhere in the middle. And my granny was not the mothering type. So my mom would say to you, look, my mom, my, 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 her, her mom was not the best mother. Out of all the sisters, my, my granny was probably the one who didn't know how to cook. She didn't know how to do this. She didn't know how to do that because her whole life was traveling and making kids that she didn't look, really look after. Mm. So she loved her kids, mm -hmm. but she spent most of her time going all over the Caribbean, really, selling stuff. She sounds like a free spirit. Very, very free-spirited. Who, we don't know what her mothering experience was exactly. like. Exactly. She was spoiled, though. Uh -huh. she, mm. was, I, she was spoiled. I think her sisters, there's a saying that she was their mom's favorite child. Mm. So they allowed her to get away with right. all the stuff she was doing. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, so my mom was somewhere in the middle. Out of the 10 children, my mom was the only one who continued with her education past high school. Interesting. Um, who finished high school mm. and went on to continue. So the others, I'm not saying they, they're any worse off, but she was the one who always had that grip on education and that discipline to, I want to accomplish something. I'm going to learn to read. I'm going to do this. I'm going to follow what my dreams. She was the one of the only ones who pushed through. So she kind of raised us with that discipline. She was always the disciplinarian. Fiona, you've met my dad. My dad is mm -hmm. the, like the most laid back, easygoing, happy man, <laughs> despite everything that's going on around him. Very joyous. Very, very joyful. He's, he will be, he will light up any room. Mm -hmm. I don't think my dad has one enemy or one person that has a bad thing to say about him. Mm. Um, maybe apart from my mom. He's also very <laughs> handsome, by the way. Oh, very handsome. Boy, oh, have you, did you see the picture of him in his 20s? I, no, no, but no, I no, spoke no, that to was, him Honey, that day. was him in his four, eh, eh. 30s. 30s. What are you talking about? Mm. 20s, 30s. Listen, very fine, eh? <laughs> so, Problematic. Yes, and he was, and he was. So that's why you find in the relationship, my mom was the disciplinarian. She was the one who would want us to always strive for the best. My mom would be, okay, so tell me what you want to do. What do you want to be when you grow up? And I would say, well, mommy, I just want to be like you. My mom's an accountant. And I'll be, I just want to be like you. I want to be an accountant. And she'd say, well, boy, you, you, have to, you have to do this. You have to make sure your head's in your books. And as you will get to know me, <laughs> you will understand that Shawin was always the... 
how do I, how do I? Girl, just say it with your chest. <laughs> say it with your chest. Come on, Sherwin. <laughs> Tell the people them. I, I was just not going to let anybody tell me what I'm going to do. I would always do whatever I want. Okay. Um, and so my relationship with my mom, going back to your question, it was one whereby my mom was always disciplining me. Always. Mm. And I felt from a very young age that no matter what I do, if I tell the truth, if I lie, I'll get licks anyway. So I might as well just do what I want. You understand? Right. And the other reason for that was my mom had two girls. My sister, she was asthmatic from a baby. My sister probably almost died about 10 times before the age of five. Mm. And so all their attention was always on her. She was the one, you know, we have to make sure Rochelle's okay. We have to make sure that, you know, always on her. Whereas right. Shaween was never sick, not a day in her life. I cannot remember ever being sick a day in my life as a child. So I was always left to my own devices to get into trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and get disciplined by my mom. Right. So it's that type of relationship where I saw my mom, one, as a role model, because my mom went after her goals. My mom went to school. I remember my mom going to school at AFA. And, um, that's the A-level college. A-level college, that's right. Mm -hmm. While she was working at Jaber Gas, and she was always working, always working. That's one thing about her. Um, you cannot say this woman is not ambitious, always working. So I drew... A lot from that. I always wanted to be independent. I always wanted to earn my own money. And I drew that from my mother. Always wanted to be business focused from my mother. So on that hand, she is really, really inspiring. But on the other hand, <laughs> on the more emotional side, I think my mom was going through probably some of the worst traumas that a lot of our Caribbean women, well, women all across the world, mm. really, but particularly in the Caribbean, with having a man that's running women, he's not being loving, he's not there emotionally, and she has to put up with that and raise the kids. Right. So her traumas was passed on to us, probably not my sister, because my sister was always being... Molly coddled and mm. making sure she's fine. But for me, I felt it was like, okay, mommy's just there to discipline me. You get me? Right. And I know that it's not the case. I know that um, she was going through her own thing. I cannot imagine being with a man who's running five, ten women. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. And is it that you know now and you didn't know then, Shereen? Um, or did you have I know that insight now, already? I know now that mm. everything my mom was going through was because of traumas brought down, not just from my dad, but from her upbringing as well. Right. I know that now. You know that. And you have the discernment I now. I have the discernment now mm -hmm. to understand that, okay, if I didn't feel love, probably my mom never felt love from her own mother. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. You understand? She probably never did. And so she didn't know how. She didn't know how. Mm. And the way her love language was being the provider. Right. So food. Food on the table. I, I never went hungry. Right. Never went hungry. Never didn't have clothes. My mom would always be there and say, 
make sure every day, lunchtime, Ave Maria, mm-hmm. Ave Maria. If we went to school, if I went to school without a l- packed lunch, my mom would be there at lunchtime with her Burger Plus or KFC. KFC. Or, I was or like, something. wait a minute. So <laughs> or you Dr. Freezers. You getting, like, to me, like, I never got that. Uh, you mad? You understand? Like, your, like your parents come and bring you, bring, like... Bring us lunch. Like, KFC is a big time privilege. treat privilege, privilege. privilege. yeah privilege. you don't just get a gen- like okay. that's a treat thing your mother bringing bringing that to school for bringing you bringing it my mom was always there mm. always there she would make sure that we one we never went hungry mm-hmm. we may not have had the best clothing we may not have had all the latest shoes i remember one time begging my mother for a jan sport bag and my mother <laughs> told me you could do what the hell you want you're not getting a jan sport bag you're going to get the bond sport <laughs> You don't forget that. You never say oh, that. Spot. Girl, okay. For those who may not know, you know, when you're growing up, certain know. things in style. So the school bag to have was Jansport. Of yep. course it was. Right? Yep. And it's quite expensive. Exactly. And they had the bootleg called Bond Spots. <laughs> that you get from Kingsway. Or I never knew about this. <laughs> Guys, seriously. Yeah. Bansport? Bonsport? Whatever. Bonsport. Whatever. I can't remember. Was, yes. okay. It was a version. It was a version. Like you have a version. It just exactly like Jansport. Just, <laughs> right? Just the Chinese one. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but they're all Chinese, you know? Exactly. But, hey. Different label. But yeah, so she was always there. I cannot say. And So now, me as a mother... What I take in from that is not only do I want to ensure that I'm always providing for my kids, I'm always going to give them not whatever they want, obviously, but as much as I can give them. But I'm also giving them the love. I do not. My kids cannot turn around and say or even question whether mommy loved me. And that's mm-hmm. the thing. Mm-hmm. They cannot question it. Right. Because I will show my love to them in so many different ways and I will tell them I love them. And the worst thing I could do to my children is say to them, I'm disappointed in you. That's the worst thing. Mm-hmm. And has that ever happened to you, Shawin? To tell them... Has your mom said to you? Um, boy, yes. Yes, she may not have said these words. Right. But I know that I have disappointed her probably in a, lots of different ways. Right, right. Um, but it, I just have to take it with, I don't know, how I just have to try to understand where she was at the time. Yeah. If you, you get me. Of course, yes. Otherwise, it will just eat me up and I can't move past it. So now yeah. what I'm trying to do is understanding where her mind was and mm-hmm. what her situation was at the time so that that allowed her to or made her be the way she was yeah. towards me. It was not lack of love. I don't think, I will never think she does not love me or does not care about me. I think she cares so much that she expresses it not in the way probably that's most conducive to me. Right. And isn't Very that well the, isn't that the key? Exactly. That right there is like the sweet spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is a sweet spot, I think, of any relating that we're doing, whether it's our mothers, our friends, our siblings, understanding that, okay, you love me, but not in the way that I need mm. to be loved. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And once you come to that realization, yeah. it's a lot easier to forgive. 
and to let go. Let go. Mm-hmm. And also recognize that our disappointment is fueled by our expectations, mm-hmm. right? So I expect for you to show up for me this way and you haven't. So therefore I am disappointed. Mm-hmm. And it sounds to me, Sherwin, like you've been doing a lot of work on yourself, especially with regards to your relationship with your mother. Yeah. And it's work that I feel that we should all do because these relationships are, are oftentimes fueled by a lot of generational trauma and learned behavior mm-hmm. from our, yep. our ancestors and our family members, which are maybe are not the healthiest mm-hmm. ways, you know, but it's, it's because that's what's been passed down to them. And if we want to dive even deeper into the impact of being enslaved for so many centuries as a people and the way that we were treated and the conditions that we had to overcome and the emotional trauma that slavery has played into our connecting and relating and all mm-hmm. these things, it's a whole heap of shit to yes. unpack. Okay? <laughs> Let yeah. me tell you. Yeah. And that could be a whole different episode. That's, just, that's right? a whole different thing it because <laughs> I feel like in our, in our community, in the Caribbean community, showing emotion is weakness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Because that's what it was. Yep. Yep. You know, if you want to get through your day on a plantation without this man whipping you for even turning your eye left instead of right and and then he decides to whip you anyway or punish you in whatever way and you dare to show emotion that's just fueling him it's giving them hey yep. Yep. so it is them. a it is in our dna absolutely i mean the thing is i was discussing with another friend and he was talking and then he was talking about you know black people we're so strong and we're so resilient mm, and so this and I so that. that and i said you know what i'm tired of that tired because the whole resilience thing is romanticizing our trauma. It's romanticizing that we have stuff to work on. And it is also putting pressure on us to be strong all the time. Yeah. And especially black women. Oh, black women are so strong. Black women are so independent. Black women are this. Yes, yeah, we are all of those things. But you know what? Sometimes we just want to be supported. Sometimes we need to be upheld. And our moms... You know, looking at how we may think or have felt made to feel that their mothering wasn't the way it's supposed to be. Like we see white women are on TV, mm-hmm. yeah, right? Because that's what we had mm-hmm. growing up. We didn't have all of these black shows. We had a one to BET things, a one to black because movies. Because we show different world, girl, right? a different world. You know, but <laughs> yeah. we didn't have, you know, all this plethora of choice. So looking at motherhood on a white platform mm-hmm. and making those comparisons and saying it's not like in the TV shows. And you know what? Sometimes black women just need support. They need to cry. They yeah. need to just not feel, be the resilient, yep. independent, everything. I think it's very damaging for us. And of that's, course we're it tired. Is. We're so, we know, we're exhausted. Exhausted. We are exhausted. And you know what? We have been all those things because we had to be. Yep. We didn't have a choice. We have a choice now. And that is because of the work which our ancestors put in. The mm-hmm. sacrifices. Literally sacrificing their lives. Yep. Okay? For us to be able to say enough. I am resting. 
<laughs> I am taking a sabbatical. I am giving myself the tenderness and the grace and the kindness and the softness that my great, great, great grandmother was unable to do because she was continuously having to fight off being raped, being beaten, yep. having her children sold. You know, all of these things that were done for us to be here. And we are here and we are learning and we are expanding and we are exploring and we are seeing where our mothers who are so great and magnificent and loving and all the things are also human. As Fiona exactly. said, they are human, they are human beings. And it's in accepting that, we know where we can then break that generational trauma yeah. and create new legacies that are built in thriving and joy and balance and ease because we fucking deserve it. <laughs> Thank you. 100%. Okay. Thank you. All right. So, ladies, what brought you joy this week? Fiona, what brought you joy? What brought me joy this week was two things. Um, I did an event with Just Vibes in Port Brixton. We were doing, it was a Windrush Day and New York Caribbean was doing workshops with kids and stuff. And then one of the things that people may know is that my son is autistic. And when he was diagnosed, they said he will have social difficulties, difficulties with interacting with people. He may be a loner and all those things. They kind of sentenced my son to like, you know, a lot of joylessness, I guess. And then, you know, at the workshop, he was going and talked to strangers. I mean, I know this about him, but sometimes you see it in a kind of condensed environment and it was just very amplified on that day where he was just going to talk to everybody and talking to the children, talking to the grown-ups, and went to do this, went to that. And that was very encouraging for me because I'm always scared that my son would be isolated because of his autism and that really really brought me a lot of joy and then also because of his autism he's extremely articulate and the next day because we're going home late he went to sleep late and he woke up uh, very tired to go to school and he said first thing he said was I wish this cursed week was over. <laughs> and I, I love, love that. Joy. I love that. It's just the joy in, in who he is, you know? So um, that's, that's what brought me joy this week. What about you, Chantal? What brought you joy this week? I had to think about this. Um, and uh, I was relating the story to you guys. And I was on the way to the studios and I sat at the train station and maybe there were around maybe three other people at the station. And so I sat down, bopping away to my music. But just before I sat, I remember out the corner of my eye seeing a, a man. And he was quite far from me along the platform. But there was something about his energy that I was like, huh. And then that was it. I just sat down on the bench. A few minutes into my bopping away. A young black girl comes up to me and she's speaking to me. But of course, I can't hear her take out my earphones. I was like, what's up? And she said, um, I hope you don't mind if I sit next to you. And I, 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 at first I thought she was referencing, you know, the whole social distancing thing. But, you know, where we were on the bench, she wouldn't have been right next to me. She would have been in the, the seat over. So I was like, of course, yeah, no problem. And she said, no, um, I don't feel safe. And I looked at her and I said, what do you mean you don't feel safe? She said, you see that guy over there? So I look over, same guy. I was like, huh? She said, um, when I came to the station, he came in right after me and I didn't think anything of it. She said, I then left the station because where, where I live, 
there's a Sainsbury's right next to the station. She said, so I left to go to Sainsbury's. He then left behind me, but he didn't come into Sainsbury's. He kind of waited for me until I came out to then come back into the station. And she said, I just don't feel safe. So I wanted to know if it was okay for me to sit next to you. And if he comes onto the train, can I sit next to you? So I looked up at her and I've said, of course, not a problem. You know, Shani done went into auntie mode, <laughs> right? So I then looked over at him. Mine, he can't see me. And I done cut in my eye. <laughs> <laughs> he can't see me, yeah? He's so <clears throat> far from us. But then he looks down. He clocks her next to me. He starts to walk down the platform. So I sit up now on the bench and I'm eyeballing him, yeah? I'm looking at him like, she is not here alone. Because my back is already up now. And up, I'm, yeah. I can see him. Yeah, I'm, I'm I was like, there. like yeah. seriously. And I'm like yeah. communicating that to him. She's not here alone. Don't even try it. Because I will. Mm-hmm. And you guys mm-hmm. know me, yeah? Mm-hmm. They don't call me Hurricane Shani for no reason. <laughs> yeah, you mess with the wrong one, as don't, you say. Don't, right? So don't even go there. And so he walked past us. So then I got up and I said, come So then we walked to the opposite side of the platform. Mm -hmm. The train came in. We sat down. She sat next to me Mm -hmm. the whole way through, got off together. And she looked up at me and she said, thank you so much. And that, you know, I had to hold my heart, right? I was like, girl. But what made me feel good and what filled me with joy is that she saw a black woman and she felt safe. Mm -hmm. And she felt confident enough to go up and say, can you just be here with me? Sit with me. Just sit with me. Yeah. And I, I really wish that women, our young, our girls, see us and feel safe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that really filled me with joy. Yeah. As they protect us. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. That's a beautiful story. It really did. Hmm. Wow. And oh. you, Sherwin. What brought me joy this week? Well... <laughs> Okay, so I mentioned a few weeks ago about my surgery. I've had I've had to refrain from any strenuous activities so that my guts could heal and heal properly inside and out. So that means I have not been able to um engage in any sexual activity mm-hmm. for the past 3 weeks. However, this week Oh boy, oh boy. Did I engage? <laughs> Rock out. Did you make up for lost time, Sherwin? <laughs> I think I did. And it was amazing. So what brought me joy this week is sex. It was beautiful. My body needed it. Everything, my mind, spirit, soul, everything needed it. So yeah, sex brought me joy this week. Good sex. Thank you for being very clear and concise and not beating around a bush about it. I think a lot of people would be like, oh, well, you know, this connection or this, this or whatever, whatever. Straight sex brought me joy. And I think a lot of people are very afraid to speak so candidly. And I appreciate that because we have to embrace that sex does bring us joy. Yep. Yep. Good joy. A lot of good joy. Sexual healing, baby. Sexual healing. And that's what my body needed. Oh, sexual healing. We kind of like winding in our seat.
And on that note, it's a wrap for this episode. Join us next week as we continue your mama series. And don't forget that you can find us wherever you get your podcast fix. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe so people can find us easier in the podcasting list. Rate and review Relatable. Relatable because a shared journey brings hope. If you enjoyed that episode, do listen to the rest of the trilogy and then search for Relatable wherever you find your podcasts. And if you like stories of the people, places and culture that make us, us, don't forget that Where's Home Really returns this coming Thursday with a brand new series.